Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. On this second Sunday of Advent, the Gospel text comes from the third chapter of Matthew, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I read about a young woman named Elizabeth who spent many years struggling with a drug addiction. During those years, she was desperate for some words of encouragement, some signs of hope. When she got into recovery and created a new life for herself, she wanted to help others who were trapped by hopelessness. So she started writing notes of encouragement and sticking them on the windshields of cars around her city or posting them on telephone poles in local parks. She ended one note with the words, much love, hope sent. That sums up Christmas. Because of God's love for mankind, Christmas means hope, hope that came in the form of Jesus of Nazareth. We have hope first because in Jesus, we have a new king. God's chosen people have been waiting for another king in the line of King David for centuries. And instead, they found themselves ruled by the Roman dictatorship. Just about the time that it seemed hopeless, God sent a new king, but very few recognized him because he was born to a peasant family. 
His earthly herald was a solitary hermit named John who dressed weird and ate a weird diet and who yelled at people. Only a few shepherds were aware that the nighttime sky had split open and the angels of heaven announced his arrival with a joyful chorus. When he finally rode into Jerusalem some 33 years later to stake his claim, Jesus still did not fit the role of a king. Instead of riding astride a white horse, accompanied by his army and pageantry, Jesus rode into town on a donkey with a crowd of peasants. As we prepare for Christmas, we walk through the season of Advent, a time when we anticipate the triumphant arrival of Jesus Christ, the almighty King of Kings, who reigned in love forever and ever. This is the hope the word of God gives to a broken and hopeless world. Second, we have hope because in Jesus, we have a new life. Today's gospel reading tells us that John was a voice crying out in the wilderness. Now, David wrote Psalm 63 in the wilderness of Judah. In it, David speaks of the sweet communion that he had with God. It was in a wilderness that the law was given. God led his people through a wilderness journey to purify them. And now Jesus comes to us in our wilderness, in those places and times when we go off course, when we have turned away to try life on our own, when life seems to have gone on without us, when life is turned upside down so that we are living in a spiritual wilderness. Now, the wilderness is hard and lonely, but the wilderness can be good for us. Time in the wilderness changes our sense of self-sufficiency. It is only when we realize that we cannot save ourselves that we are ready to make room for the Messiah, our Savior. It is when life is stripped down to the basic existence that we are most open to hearing Jesus calling us, to hearing his words of comfort and hope. In the book of Isaiah, we read, I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, and the wilderness shall be a fruitful field, and the desert shall rejoice, because Jesus creates new life in the midst of our wilderness. John tells us that Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. This fire burns off all the dross in us, the bad habits, the self-justification, the self-centeredness, the greed, the blindness to the need of others, the self-importance. Then the Holy Spirit guides us in a life of grace. There we will find justification in the Lord, God's righteousness, forgiveness, and encouragement to stay on this new path. 
Lastly, we have hope because in Jesus, we have a new purpose. God in Jesus came down from heaven to take on our lot and to give us hope by being with us and for us in this life and the next. We will find our lives are transformed by the grace and glory of God through the word made flesh, our Emmanuel. Our Emmanuel, God with us, Christ Jesus. He invites us into a more abundant life, lived according to a plan and purpose laid out for us since the beginning of time. That abundant life includes helping us see our neighbor as our brother or sister in Christ. It includes letting them see Christ in us and through us. It includes living for the good of others. We see that God has a life plan for them as well, and we work with them to help them achieve that plan and to see God's hand guiding, directing, and providing for them along the way. In the process, we will notice that we need less stuff, less material things to make us happy, because we now find our joy in living for our Lord. We are happy to submit ourselves to his control. John cried, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven came near through Christ Jesus. The book of Matthew records nine times that Jesus offered an example of what the kingdom of heaven was like because he wanted us to understand and desire a place in that kingdom. And so did John the Baptist. But we need repentance first. John's mission was to call for that repentance. John was preaching to the Jews, including the Jewish leadership. They were the chosen people of God, yet John said they needed to repent and be baptized. According to John, the people of Israel were no better than the Gentiles. They were not prepared for the coming of the Messiah. They needed to repent. Now, to repent is more than confessing sins. To repent means to turn around because we need to change our perspective on life and its purpose. We need to set ourselves aside and to live for Christ and others. Only then will we be serving the true king of all creation, the ruler of all that is, the one through whom all things were made and in whom all things hold together, the one in whom we find hope for this world and the next. Thanks be to God. Amen.